0: Ready for a word today? That's good. Me too. All right. Unlocking new doors. Unlocking new doors. And so um, this morning, I would like to encourage you to uh, get positioned to take some notes and uh, write some things down uh, because uh, today's message is quite strategic in that I'm encouraging you to leave uh, church today with some notes and to do some homework and to reflect, uh, pray. And hang out with God and think about how can I take the the keys from this message today and apply it to my preparation for the year ahead. Uh, So let's pray. Let's get focused and believe that God is going to directly speak to us in this message today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your authority in your word. And we thank you, Lord, for your Father's heart that comes through your word. We believe today, Lord, as we open our ears and our hearts, Lord, that your word will come in and build us up, and encourage us, and strengthen us. Lord, we thank you that your word is spiritual food to our soul. And I thank you, Lord, that as you want to see us physically grow up, and mature, and do well, and be strong, also spiritually, you want us to grow up, mature, and do well. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the nutrition that's going to come into our soul through your word today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, today we're talking about unlocking new doors. And so I wanted to start this morning with this concept of doors and uh, talk a little bit about the context around doors and the understanding of where doors fits in with the Word of God. So I want to do a little bit of teaching first to set the scene. And then, like last week, I want to talk about some strategic keys that I think are important. Uh, so the f- the first of all, when it comes to doors... Uh, and open doors, there is a lot of focus around the word door and the word of God. So, the word of God actually refers to the word door quite a few times. Uh, so, first of all, what is a door? So, a door is a movable, usually solid barrier for opening and closing an entranceway. Can I get everyone to say entranceway? So, a door represents either access or denial, depending on whether it is open or closed. Now, I'm starting with an obvious definition here, but it will set the scene. So, doors actually figure heavily in the Bible. The word door appears in the Bible, uh, in one form or the other, 263 times. And while the word door in the Bible is used to speak of a literal door... Uh, It is also used to talk symbolically uh, in terms of spiritual doors, doors that God wants to open for us. And when we think about that initial definition of door, it's an entranceway that's either blocked or it's open for us to step into an opportunity or to be uh, kind of held back from going into something. And sometimes what we're going to learn is being held back by God because the door is not opening can be a good thing. Uh, because God may not want us to step into that thing because He ultimately knows the best for us. And so we want to talk about these principles around doors opening and also the keys to unlocking certain doors in our life. Uh, What I love more and more about the Word of God is I find that like a good piece of meat, if you cut it down and you actually just attack it in bite-sized pieces, you can enjoy it, you can chew on it, and you can actually uh, embed it more into your system. And so today I want to focus on two main keys that we're going to look at around unlocking new doors. Before I go there, I want to drill down a little bit more into different areas in the Word of God where the word door is mentioned. And so uh, we want to look at this this concept of open door, uh, which means opportunity. A door that is opened is an opportunity. And so a couple of scriptures here. In uh, John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus called himself the door. So Jesus actually at times referred to himself as the door, the entrance way, the passageway to get into something or to get into something. And obviously we know that he declared that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He talked about also that there's a narrow pathway into heaven. And so obviously he represented or used the, the, the analogy of being the door as the doorway to salvation. So it's that theme around salvation where the door is used there. Uh, in Revelation 4 verse 1, it speaks of a door being opened in the heavens. And uh, so it's talking about the connection to heaven, and it's actually referring to end times and what will happen. And some people call it rapture. And, it's, you know, that's a whole other sermon. Everyone say, Amen. Brad's not going to get into that today. All right? It's a whole other time, okay? Uh, Matthew, chapter 24, verse 33, tells us the door is a picture of Im- imminent arrival. So it actually talks about the door being uh, a representation of the second coming of Jesus. And so the door is an opportunity where at the end of the days that God will come, that Jesus will come again, which is cool. Again, this sermon is not about the second coming, but uh, we're painting a picture here. In Revelations chapter 3 verse 20... Uh, it talks about the theme of conviction. And it refers to, uh, it talks about pictures of Jesus standing at the door and knocking at people's hearts. And so knocking at the heart, trying to get them to be convicted with truth, to, to get them to reach out to Jesus and to turn their life around. So the door there represents conviction. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 8, uh, it talks about blessing. And it uses the analogy of a door around the theme of blessing. It speaks of answered prayer as the opening of a door, and a lot of scriptures refer to "if you knock, uh, the door will be open to you." Seek, and you shall find. And so, finding and the door being open is revealing a breakthrough or a blessing that comes from that door opening. Who's liking this so far? Right. There's some good things here about understanding tapping into this analogy of door. What we look at in Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom, chapter 26, verse 14, it uses the images of a door turning slowly open. Everyone say slowly. A door turning slowly open upon its hinges, and that represents laziness, or in other words, is slothfulness. So when the door is You know, it's an opportunity, but it's actually just opening ever so slowly on its hinges. The Bible has used that in relation to slothfulness or laziness. In Genesis 18, verses 1 to 2, uh, it speaks of the Lord meeting with Abraham in the door of his tent. It speaks about God meeting with people, and it uses the doorway as a representation of them at that meeting point. So the, the door there is representing the principle of fellowship. In Exodus chapter twelve, verse seven, it speaks of the blood of the lamb being applied to the doorposts uh, in 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 the gates of people's homes or the doorways of people's homes, and that represents that represents the theme of redemption. And uh, that a certain consequence will be overlooked or overturned that may have uh, been hit upon or impacted upon people that they were redeemed from that consequence through the doorposts being covered with the blood of the lamb. Uh, Leviticus talks about the sacrifice animal, uh, the sacrifice of animals being killed at the door of the tabernacle, and so what that refers to is access. Into the presence of God. Uh, that's the Old Testament version, where the, we know that the uh, the animal blood was sacrificed as a, as a, a symbol of uh, atonement for people's sins. The good news of the New Testament is the blood of Jesus being shed. We know uh, is now the new atonement, and we don't have to keep doing that. It's 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 finished. Declares. Um, the Bible of the works of the blood of Christ. So, but it also is referring to access. So we know that when Christ died on the cross, it's recorded that the the uh, the, the veil that re- that actually hindered the people of God to freely enter the holy of holies, which was the presence of the Lord, then got torn, and so there was an I suppose an opening uh, for people to then have free access to the presence of God. So there's all these amazing rich. Wonderful themes are related to the analogy of a door or doors opening. The next one in Psalm 141 verse 3 speaks of the lips of the door actually representing uh, the lips of the mouth being shut. So a doorway being closed and the wisdom around... Uh, silence, but also sometimes the negativity around people talking too much, and it refers to actually the lips of someone's mouth being shut is wisdom in relation to having self-control and bridling effectively our tongue. Matthew 25 verse 10, we've got two more. Everyone breathe in. Everyone breathe out. (sighs) We've got two more, and we're going to set the scene. Matthew chapter 25 verse 10 speaks of a closed door. It actually talks about a door being closed in terms of rejection, And in Psalm 84.10, it tells us that the psalmist would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than anything else in the world. And it relates to that identity of being a doorkeeper and the use of the analogy of the door representing this important theme of service. Everyone say doorkeeper. And so this morning, as we shift now out of that foundational context and setting the scene and defining this theme of door and doorways, aligning to the overall teaching today of unlocking new doors, I want to now shift into how we can practically relate this to our everyday moving forward into 2017. And so uh, prophetically, as I was uh, preparing for this message, I said to the Lord, you know, again, New Year's kind of messages tend to have similar themes. ...by nature of wanting to be practical with the Word of God... You know, in January, it's just a good time of the year to seek the word of the Lord and to seek the Lord himself in relation to new direction and new insight and what season am I in and what things should I start to say no to? What things am I saying yes to? God, what is it that you have for me this year? Lord, where do you want me to invest my time? Lord, what's on my life this year? What should my priorities be? What changes should I make? All of that makes a lot of sense when it comes to this first month of January when you begin every year. But what I love about God is that God is wanting, he's a, he's a God who values freshness. Have you ever realized that? You know, God loves the Word to be fresh, like beautiful, fresh bread baking in the oven. So what we don't want to do today is just look at some principles like we would have looked at back in 1999 and 2006 and even in 2025, right? We want to get a prophetic edge on the Word so it speaks to us now and making sure that it's timely, amen? So when I prophetically asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, can you give me the prophetic insight into what is it about this Scripture or this message today that we can bless the people with? to give them real cutting-edge now direction, he said this to me. So I'd like you to write this down. If you have an amazing memory, I bless you in advance. I don't. I love to write things down so I can reflect on them afterwards. So if you're like me, I want to encourage you to write this down. felt the Lord say this, God, that God is positioning you and I to open two strategic doors this year. Now, there may be more than two doors. Uh, there may be seven uh, you know, and that's great. So uh, you can go and find out what those other five are for you, if that's the case. But I felt today, as a congregation, as a community, uh, that God would like you and I to know today, January 15, that in 2017, He's commissioning us as a people to open two particular strategic doors. And I'm not just talking about this as a as a like as a church, but I'm talking also more importantly for you individually. And so I want you to write down these two doors. I heard clearly the Lord say this, the door of promotion is being opened to the people of God. And the second one was the door of provision. I want you to write door of promotion and door of provision is going to be open to us in this season. And that's going to be individually, but it's also going to be corporately. But I felt like the Lord said this that it's so essential that if we have a desire to actually see us walk through those new doors remember you may have opened a door of provision and you may have opened a door of of, uh, of uh, promotion in previous years that's great but I'm declaring before you today that these doors are new doors it's a new door of provision and it's a new door of promotion that is before you in this season and uh, I feel like the Lord is saying hey give yourself permission to get excited. Give yourself permission to be expectant and to position yourself by faith to actually take advantage of taking new territory. And that means unlocking these doors and then also moving through them and taking the promises of God that's beyond the door or the entranceway. Amen. And so, what's importantly when we apply wisdom to this is that in order for us to not only uh, hear the voice of the Lord and get revelation and get into agreement about what are these new doors of opportunity, but with wisdom, we also have to ask the Lord, well, what are the keys for us to unlock these new doors? See, even if you've unlocked a door of provision or a door of promotion before, maybe, just maybe, and I am hear the Lord saying probably, and in fact, what I hear is God saying definitely, is that... These doors may require of you new keys to unlock them, meaning the strategies or the tactics uh, that you may have applied in previous seasons to open similar types of doors may not necessarily be the actual keys required to open these two doors. And so we hear the Lord saying that, you know, be encouraged and have a sense of desire this morning to hear... What would be these keys? And then you can, from here, go forth and put them into practice and start to develop these keys in your life to unlock these doors. Who's a little tiny, tiny bit hungry here? Is anyone here hungry? Yeah. yeah, good. All right. So I want you to write down uh, these keys. The first key to unlocking uh, both doors, hear, heard the Lord say, and we're going to do some teaching around this and go into scripture, is key number one is a dominion mindset. Write that down. A dominion mindset. Um, I'll quickly ask Greg and Julie permission. Am I allowed to share the theme of Dominion Conference this year, or is that kind of something we're going to do a little bit? Is that all right? Yeah. And can we announce the the speaker? Yeah? Okay. So just on this theme, because I'm talking about dominion mindset. Okay, later this year in August, our annual dominion conference that uh, Greg and Julie have been leading for probably, it's almost 20 years. Is it the 20th year? It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, So the, the theme of Dominion Conference is Occupy. Okay, it's, it's, which is cool. And uh, we have got a guest speaker that we've never had before. Uh, Dr. Joseph Matira uh, is going to be our guest speaker. Now, if you've never heard of Dr. Joseph Matira, look him up online. He's a very well-respected teacher and authored many, many books on kingdom advancement. Uh, he, he ministers and speaks all around the world. Uh, it's always hard to get someone of that caliber. Uh, but obviously, it's God's timing because it kind of just happened. Uh, so we're really ex- excited about Dominion Conference this year. Again, we'll run it in Brisbane and also in New Zealand, and that's going to be, uh, we'll let you know the dates a little bit later. But uh, relining back to this first key, the first key is dominion mindset, and we'll, we'll look at that in a second. Uh, we'll, we'll dive deep in a second. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I just felt like God said, no, we don't need to mention the second key yet. We need to dive deep into the first key, and then I'll mention the second key later. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, okay, let's, let's go with this. All right, so key number one is a dominion mindset. I want you, if you're taking notes, next to Dominion Mindset in brackets, write this, faith in action. Faith in action is another way, practically, of what a Dominion Mindset looks like. And uh, first of all, I want to share with you uh, a little bit of revelation that I got from the book of John about this, in what's critical in setting up a Dominion Mindset. And then we're going to look at a a couple of key scriptures and just do a little bit of teaching on this. Uh, When you look at uh, John chapter 20 verse 19, it actually talks about uh, how the disciples responded to a certain situation and then how Jesus responded differently. Now, in this particular scripture, it's, it's talking about a time when the disciples were actually seeking the Lord and, and, and praying, but they were also in a particular physical situation and they were locked behind some doors. So I want to read the scripture, John chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because, everyone say because, because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. So they were running, they were, I suppose, hiding away from people who were persecuting them. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them and declared this. He said, peace be with you. And, uh, you know, when I was kind of praying on this, Uh, I I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, when it comes to a dominion mindset, when it comes to positioning yourself to take territory, and the disciples were in this season where uh, Jesus had already died on the cross, but he hadn't completely ascended to heaven. And there was a mystery around what was going on with Jesus' body. And there was a lot of doubt and there was a lot of fear. And there was probably a real kind of a war zone between them staying in faith and praying and believing and balancing that with believing that Jesus had risen from the dead and, and fighting this whole battle of fear versus doubt versus, you know, not quite sure versus faith. And so Jesus responds with this declaration, peace be with you. Now, when you think about your life and my life, There are at times when we have locked doors. There are times when there are doors in our life that are locked or that we hide behind certain doors. And if you drill down to the base reason as to why are we behind doors or why are certain doors locked in our life that prevent us from taking territory or taking new ground or stepping out or partnering with God and believing to go into that new thing, usually the base foundational reason for that door being locked is fear. Everyone say fear, because we're afraid. And uh, so the same was true here. The first disciples hid behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish Jewish authorities. But it made no difference because the doors were locked, but fear still filled their hearts. And this is the thing that we have to understand is that we have to deal with fear in our life if we want us to hit a new level of a dominion mindset. We've got to make sure that we deal with those areas of fear in our life, whether it's fear based on how we see ourselves, whether it's fear about how we we perceive other people see us, Uh, Whether it's fear of where we we feel like we don't necessarily have the right capability or skill set. Whether it's fear around we don't uh, necessarily have the the level of faith or experience of of if God's done it before. Uh, You know, if he hasn't done it before, how can he do it in my life? Well, maybe he's done it previously, but he hasn't done it for a while. And so what's really important when developing a key of a dominion mindset is you've actually got to study, reflect on where are the areas of fear operating in your life? And you've got to take it on. You've got to take on fear in your life. And how do we take it on? Well, we take it on by looking at Jesus' as example. So they have a situation where the disciples are trying to take territory. They're trying to pray together, meet together, talk about strategically, what do we do? Our Savior has died on the cross, but there's these questions around what's going on with the body, and we've got all these people who are persecuting us, and it, it was kind of like chaos. But they knew that there was a calling on them to step up and to lead. Jesus had kind of prompted them and hinted to them quite a few times before he went to the cross, but he hadn't ascended to the heaven. He hadn't completely kind of given them that, that whole authority, and so there was this, this doubt and fear. But Jesus actually appears right in the middle of the situation. Catch this now, the door is locked. Before the doors were opened, before they could move forward in advance, Jesus actually came right in behind the locked door and declared, Peace be with you. How does this relate to us practically? You and I, in order for us to develop and refine a dominion mindset, first, everyone say, first is even if the door before you is locked and you feel like, you know what, maybe I'm doubting or I'm fearing or I'm not quite sure about what do I need to do or how am I going to do it, Uh, who do I need to be in order to open this door so I can take that territory, the first principle is forget that the door's locked. Forget the hindrance. Forget the size of the hindrance. Forget how hard it seems to be to unlock that door. And first, everyone say first, invite Jesus into where you are and say, God, give me peace. See, a lot of people think having a dominion mindset is about striving and pushing and pulling and and trying to get the door open and trying to force their way through something. But can I tell you that when you're doing all of that and your spirit is void of peace, it all becomes a lot of hard work and you're not taking dominion. You're just trying to do what the Bible warns not to do, trying to do something in your own strength. And eventually you get worn out and you get tired and then it can get messy. So it's important when we get a dominion mindset, we want to develop that. We've got to be wary of trying to push on the door, trying to pull the door, trying to kick the door down, trying to knock the door down, but not in towards God, but in relation to trying to do it in our own strength. And actually step back from the very place that you want to enter, the breakthrough that you want, the thing that you're believing for, the the goal, whatever you want to achieve. Step back from that thing and invite God right there in the situation to minister peace into your heart. Because that's the starting point of developing a dominion mindset. So that's just the first little key there, because I believe that, ironically, a lot of people, myself included in this, who naturally um, have a little bit of a go-getting thing about them. See, not everyone's a go-getter, right? Uh, But some people are. They're go-getters. They're goal-orientated. They love to tick the thing off their list. Woohoo! But I think naturally, there's always an exception to the rule, but naturally those type of people, if they're not careful, because they kind of, let's take dominion. Let's achieve this. Let's make this happen. They can naturally sometimes fall into the temptation of starting to strive and starting to do things in their own strength. So if that's you, I'm speaking to you today, saying, be mindful to invite the Lord into your heart and administer peace so that you have the ability to, to, to break through the doors, but in God's time and in God's way. Okay? The other side of the coin is people who, uh, you know, what, what I love about you know, seeing people get married is iron sharpens iron. So if you looked at Sarah and, and, and Brad before they got married, Brad was the real bull in the china shop. I'll never forget the first prophetic word that Julie ministered I can just see you kind of like a bull in a china shop, and I was. Sometimes I still need to work on that, amen? But it's that kind of go-getting thing, Right? And it's like, let's, let's do this, but not actually first allowing the Lord to minister to me first and give me peace. And so I've got to be careful of that. Sarah, on the other hand, right, before we're married, she's so laid back, easygoing, and, you know, oh, it'll happen. My goals will happen, or what I'm believing, it'll happen, you know. Just trust God, which is good, but who knows sometimes if we're more like, you know, I mean, we've sharpened each other, and, we're, you know, the, my strengths have sharpened her weaknesses, and her strengths have sharpened my weaknesses, and it's great. That's what I love about marriage. OK, but what's interesting is, is if you fall more into the category of being more laid back, more easygoing, you know, surah, Sirrah, what will be will be. What's interesting is you sometimes use that wiring as an excuse for why you don't even have to start to move forward. And so you might invite Jesus into your life and say, oh, God, can you give me peace about why I've never done anything yet and why I don't have to necessarily have to do anything and you've got to be careful because God will say, hey, this is where God will say, hey, I'm going to give you peace, but I'm going to give you peace to take territory. You need to actually come on, uh, pick, up your, your, pick up your blanket and war, get going, get moving. And so sometimes God has to speak to you differently compared to maybe the person sitting next to you, because you're in a different place in your life, he knows exactly what is it that he needs to say to you to get you motivated, but to, to do it in the way that he wants you to do it. Amen? So, taking dominion, dominion mindset. I felt like in, in I suppose, uh, you know, which related to a, a next point coming up, but one thing that I'm going to be uh, sharing with all of our leaders in our church this year, and this is not just about church or ministry, but this relates to just you know, focusing on how we do things with people and, and, and believing for goals and things like that. I want you to write these three words down for me, because I want to just bring this teaching to the church right now. I feel it's relevant to us taking dominion as a church, but having the right balance. And that is, you know, first focus on where your heart is. Write down heart. So the heart always is about why. Why are you doing what you're doing this year? Remember remember the, the, the why. What is my motivation? Why am I doing this? Why is God wanting me to do this? The heart is connected to the why factor. The second thing, which also starts with H, is the head. Everyone write down the head. The head is your strategy. It's, it's what do I need to do and how should I do it? So whether you're talking about spiritual goals or practical goals, you first need to get the heart connection. Well, why am I doing this, God? God, why do you want me to do this? God, why is this an area where you want me to invest into? You want to get more of the kingdom purpose behind and then ask the Lord for the strategy. Get him to then help you with the headpiece. So what do I need to do and how do I need to do it? He'll give you that download. And then the third element, which also starts with H, is the hand. Everyone write down the word hand. The hand is more the tactical, well, who needs to do it, and who maybe should I partner with and get on board with this vision or this goal, and when should we do it? What are the time frames? How do we roll this out? So everyone say heart, which is the who factor. Everyone say head, which is the what and how factor. Everyone say hand, which is the who and the when factor. And so in terms of taking dominion and having that dominion mindset, I would encourage you practically to think and keep thinking about those three H words when you apply to any type of project, any type of goal, anything that you're wanting to do, whether it's your local church, whether it's at work, whether it's at university, whether it's to do with your family. What's the, the heart factor? What's the head factor? And what's the, the hand factor? Did that bless anyone? Yeah. Just practically there, how to structure that in your thinking. Let's drill a little bit more into dominion mindset. Taking ground. So we talked about that you've got to invite Jesus in to give you peace before you kind of set off and do something so you don't get into to strive mode. But also if you're someone who kind of is hindered by doubt and fear and that holds you back and the door's not opening, then again, another way to deal with that is invite Jesus in, minister peace, and that helps with the door. But another key in the dominion mindset that helps to unlock doors of provision and promotion is understanding what does a mindset of taking dominion, look like and feel like. Let's read Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. That first bit. I haven't got it all. I haven't arrived. So there still needs to be a hunger and desire for me to take more ground or to improve or to grow in the things of God and the things that God has for me. That's that very first part. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Because I've been bought with a price. I owe it to my God to glorify him, to become everything I can and to take the territory he's calling me to take in 2017. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting last Sunday we talked about the importance of letting go of your grudges and forgetting your failures as a a precursor to today's message. But one thing I do, says Paul in Philippians, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you think about that scripture right there, that right there deals with the two different areas that you might be. You might be someone who's naturally a striver and is a go-getter, right? But you tend to kind of sometimes slip into doing it in your own strength. That scripture there, meditate on because it will remind you, yes, there's more. Yes, you want to believe for more. Yes, you want to expect for more. But always make God the centerpiece of what's going to help you to get there. And then if you're on the other side of the coin and you're someone who's more like, oh, well, I haven't really been someone who kind of really goes for things and I kind of felt hindered and sometimes I have doubt and fear. Well, again, meditate on that scripture because there's elements of that scripture that will say, go for it. Get moving, get happening. A dominion mindset. Occupy new territory of promotion and provision." Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 4 says, For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and He will give you victory. So another thing is that God is with you. One thing that I've learned in my life is that when I get the revelation that God is with me when I'm moving forward, it's more exciting. He carries the load for me. It's fun. Is it absolutely always smooth sailing? No, but it's it's fun and you're kind of partnering with the God of God, the King of Kings. I mean, you are on the inside, you intrinsically know that you're going to win because God's with you and God's on it. There's been times when I haven't got that revelation and I've done the thing that i I've encouraged people not to do is the strive thing. And you can be really goal oriented you map everything, but you actually forget to invite Holy Spirit into the pre-planned meeting. And you're kind of already off you go. You're already halfway there. And then it's all kind of, you know, getting a bit pear-shaped and you're getting stressed. And then you have to get counseling from a loved one. And then they say, go and meet with, with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, there's about four or five things here that you're carrying that I'd even ask you to start carrying at the beginning of the year. Now you're wondering why your life represents just this big ball of stress. God is with you in it. Joshua chapter 10, verse 8, one of my favorite books in the Old Testament, Book of Joshua. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. That's a dominion mindset. Now watch this. God knows that you and I alone in our own strength cannot have a sustaining dominion mindset by ourselves. That's why even Joshua, who was a great example of how to take territory, he helped the people of God to cross over and to enter into the promised land. If there's one example in the Bible besides, obviously, Jesus Christ himself, the Old Testament example would be the man called Joshua. And so when you look at these scriptures in Joshua, you see these principles. I've, I've mentioned this before. I've, had, I've done a whole message on courage and being strong and courageous. But I love this scripture in Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. Write that down. For me personally, this is a real personal scripture the Lord's encouragement to meditate on in the month of January. Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 to 9, that will help to refine a dominion mindset in you and I. This is the Lord again Remember, it's not Joshua in his own strength trying to create a dominion mindset. The Lord knows that where, where we are weak, then God is strong. So God actually has a vested interest in partnering with you to help to develop your dominion mindset. He wants to speak into your heart. He wants to speak into your word. He wants to take the encouraging word of God, and he, want to min, min, he wants to minister to you because he knows you're going to need those aspects of him and his word to have a strong dominion mindset. And Joshua 1, 6-9 says, Be strong! and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them that's the heart factor right there God declared why right there Joshua needed to be strong and courageous be strong and very courageous is the next line who knows that God loves to use repetition sometimes to get it through be strong and very courageous Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. So he's talking about wisdom there. In a minute, we're going to talk about the second key being related to this. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Again, highlighting that Joshua's strength and key to victory in having a dominion mindset and activating a dominion mindset and developing a dominion mindset is having God in the picture, partnering with him. He's saying, you need the Word of God. You can't go to the left or the right. You need to be meditating it day and night. If you do that, if you align to that principle, if you get into the Word of God, man, you're going to be blessed. You're going to take ground. You're going to take authority. Can I say to you, in the seasons where I've seen God move most in my life and my family's life, it's when I've had a strong relationship and consistent relationship with the Word of God. If the word of God has been boring to you in the past season, or you felt like it's 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 kind of like reading Shakespeare, shake that off, break that off, move on. There's so many different versions online, there's no excuses. I had someone in the cafe last week sat me down, honest conversation. I love people who are just up front, who who want to change, who wanna go. said, Brad, help me out. I'm a new Christian. I was been reading the Bible, He encouraged me to, but I just find it so, it's just so hard to get into. I said, you know what? I find that sometimes as well. It's like, you know, studying Shakespeare. I said, you know what? There's different versions. Why don't you try the message version? Just get into that. Just start to build a relationship with the Word of God. Then you can go into more deeper versions later on. That's okay. Don't hang hang your head in shame just because, you know, you want a more simple version. That's okay. That's good. You're showing a desire and a motivation to get in the Word of God. That's a starting point that God wants to see. Go for it. You could just see. Just having a chat to Him. He just... It just lightened his load. Meditate on it day day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? God says it again. Be strong and courageous. Interestingly, being strong and courageous is that balance point where you're a go-getter. You're going for things. You don't necessarily have to naturally be a go-getter. You're going for things. But you're also balancing it with the humility that you can't do it without God. And this is the second key I want to move into. First key in unlocking brand new doors of provision and promotion is having a dominion mindset. But the second key that needs to partner with that key is cultivating a humble heart. So in brackets next to cultivating a humble heart put in the word, in the brackets the word humility. Psalm chapter 75 verse 6 says this, no one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt themselves. God opens doors no man can shut. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, it says, These are the words of Him who is holy and true. What He opens, no one can shut. And what He shuts, no one can open. Everyone say, say, doors opening. Everyone say, doors closed. This is the key. We need to have a dominion mindset. Develop that. Work on that. Wherever you're at. But we also have to balance that, my favorite word, with cultivating a a humble heart. Because one thing that's not going to glorify God is if you become a goal-orientated, territory-taking, door-breaking-down person who's living in Brag City. It's all about just how amazing everything's going on in your world. Because you've lost the bigger picture. So you might have the head. You've got the what I've got to do and, and how I've got to do it and who do I need to have and delegate to to do it and when should I do it. You've got, the, you've got the head and you've got the hands, but you've actually completely lost the most important thing and that's the heart. Why are you called to do what you're doing? Why are you called to take territory? What's the bigger pur- purpose beyond just you and your goals and your achievements? God wants to, in a fresh way, make sure we've got balance between having a dominion mindset and also having the cultivation of a humble heart. This actually comes from Christine Kane, who... (laughs) You know, is, is, is remarkable at, at teaching the word of God. I mean, she's like a machine gun. Um, but again, she says she's not perfect and she's still growing. So if you don't like Christine Kane, don't, you know, be okay with, with what I'm sharing here. Because, you know, different preachers, we all got different flavors. It's cool. But it says, as you only have a short amount of time on, on this earth, she says. But as long as your heart is leaning into God, He can fast track anything. His word says that he can open doors that no man can shut. And this is the clincher. She says this. Promotion. Remember, we're talking about new doors of promotion and provision opening. Promotion does not come from the north, south, east, or west. It comes from God. And if God wants to set you somewhere at a specific time and place, he'll do it. Then she goes on and says this. Today, as in right now in a full-on social media marketing Ra rah, rah, saturated world. Today, she says, you need to know that if God has marketed you, you don't need to be marketed by man. Underlining, you don't need to be marketed by yourself. You don't need to fall into the trap of going overboard with self-promotion. Because there's a tendency to do that with the world that we live in. where research right now is showing that social media actually is one of the strongest forms of addiction and that when people are feeling a little bit low or sad with themselves they'll post something to see how many likes now there's a whole other sermon there now again if you know me and you sit down with me i actually have a training business when it comes to sales and marketing and there's some great benefits to social media so don't get me wrong I do talk about an apocalyptic message if you're into social media or on social media. That's good. That's great. But my favorite word is balance. So she says this. Now, the reason why she says this is because if you listen to some of her podcasts, a lot of the ministry that she does, all the volunteers that she works with, most of her ministry is empowered by a Gen Y army of volunteers. So she's had to strategically understand, and it's not just Gen Y, but she's had to strategically understand what is it that motivates and inspires and mobilizes vo- volunteers, but also what are some of the hindrances that can set them back in terms of their heart connection to being someone who's helping to see a vision come to pass, whether it's their own individual vision or being a bigger part of a picture. So she's taken a lot of interest in this research because she knows that people could fall into traps. So she says, today you need to know that if God has marketed you, let's look at the word marketed. If God has marked you for a purpose, if God has marked you for a goal, for a calling, for an assignment, be careful that you don't put your faith in your own self-promotion before God promoting you himself. Because that's what the world system is trying to brainwash you and I in right now, is that you need to rely on the vehicle of self-promotion for doors to open. Be careful. Be careful, because if there's one thing that I see is like a hole in a bucket in people's hearts, It's putting their trust in self-promotion and just seeing them constantly being disappointed with actually how it ends up making them feel. She says, you don't need to come up with the greatest marketing campaign. i quick grab grab my phone. Don't you love technology? (laughs) Everyone pray for my iPhone so I can quickly find my message. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. She goes on and says this. You don't need to come up with the greatest marketing campaign because you've got the God of the universe on your side. He's got the best GPS and he knows where to find you when he wants you to elevate you, and to put you in a specific place. Choose to trust in Him alone, and you will end up in the perfect place at the perfect time. Now, do I believe in marketing? Do I believe in promotion? Yes, I train people on how to do that. I'm talking more about, as a man and woman of God here today, it's about cultivating a humble heart. It's just being careful, being careful about how sometimes our ongoing focus on that stuff can actually impact the condition of our heart. And then when we marry that with a dominion mindset, the dominion mindset where it should be about my heart, my head, and my hand, if we lose the condition and the cultivation of our heart staying humble, and that starts to go pear-shaped, and we start to focus all about what we're doing and who's going to do it when we're going to do it by, and we start to push forward with that, sure, we may take ground, but consequences come when we don't have a humble heart married to it. One of the biggest things that... One of the, so, sorry, one of the most impacting messages that I thought for our church and even for other kingdom events that we do through our CI connection was Julie Bailey's message on comparison. And knowing that, you know... We've got to be okay with other people, our brothers and sisters next to us or around us, pursuing what they believe God is calling them to pursue. We've got to be okay with that. Sometimes people will seem like they're further ahead or they're breaking through doors that we haven't yet. But can I also say this, that if you are one of those people who's taking ground, if you are one of those people who seems to kind of be getting some of these principles in motion, and you might be ahead of some of the people around you, Make sure your heart is humble enough to also spend some time encouraging these guys, getting around these guys, encouraging these guys, and making sure it's not all about your thing. And I'll share this story with you is that my own life, some of the biggest breakthrough in taking dominion was when the Lord really challenged me to stay humble in that season. I remember um, my old church, I was believing at the beginning of the year for significant breakthrough for my career, and I wanted my salary. I just left uni, and my salary was at a certain level, and I wanted to break into a whole new level, not just jump up a little bit. I was really, you know, preparing or praying for it to break into that area. And I felt like God was with me in it, and I did all those things. But God said this to me He said, Be careful, it's not all about you, Brad. Be careful, son, that your pursuit for this year is not all about you and your goals. He said, because that's not what I've created you for. I've created you to have a bigger heart and to be inclusive of other people and encourage them along. So he said, I want you to do this. He said, one of the keys for you breaking through in your career goals is I want you to start doing some mentoring with the young men around the church around their career goals and encouraging them and praying for them. And he said, if you're obedient to me and you marry that dominion mindset with cultivating a humble heart and realizing it's not all about you and everything you're doing, but making room and time for something bigger than your own self, then I will help you to break through. Come on church, this is a healthy message. For some of you, like me, you may have a tendency to be like that bull in a china shop. And it doesn't take really much effort to get you excited about your goals and your dreams and your calling and what you want to do and all the goals you want to achieve. That's great. That's awesome. But balance it, balance it, balance it by just having a, a bit of a check of your heart. Be careful that you don't fall into the trap, the poisonous trap of being too self-focused and bordering on self-obsession, which in itself, un- ironically, can be addictive. And then on the other side of the coin, if you're like Sarah when I first married her, laid back, easy going, you know, it'll all happen, right? Now, it will happen in God and God's timing, but sometimes God wants to activate your faith by saying, well, yeah, it will happen, but don't just sit on your lounge and wait for the Holy Spirit to do all the work. Get up and start moving. What are you doing? You know, I, I challenge people who are believing for promotion, but yet they haven't even revisited their resume that they wrote seven years ago. Like if you're believing for a promotion or you're looking for a job, don't just sit on your lounge and go, oh, Jesus, I'm really blaming for a job. I'm, you know, praying. And that's great. Fasting. Do all of that. Absolutely. But your real faith comes with marrying all of those spiritual principles with what practical steps are you putting in place? Because God will bless that. I remember a time when I transitioned that career transition was I went into, I did all the prayer and I believed you know, doing all those things. And then God said, but hang on a second, get your resume right and seek some counsel here and do some mentoring over here and uh, support these guys and challenge these guys about their career for this year. And, and then as I put all these pieces of the puzzle in place and it was the dominion mindset and it was the cultivating a humble heart, I went to this interview. And can I tell you that whole morning for the first two hours before I went to the interview, there was just such a God factor on it. It was like there was, there, I, just, I could just feel God all over this day. And so you're going to go in there and you're going to feel more confident than you've ever felt before because my anointing is going to be on you. And this is the right timing. And this door, you're going to have such favor. This door is going to open to you and it's going to be easy. I walk into this interview and even though, you know, I've done a bit of training, speaking training, and usually I'm confident when I'm up front. I mean, I usually, in interviews, I mean, you're swallowing Adam's apple and you, you know, you think of what to say and what to not say. It was just, <laughs> hey, God's in this. God's got this. And You know what? I think one of the biggest keys to promotion is, in fact, wearing a spirit of humility. Because humility, and the Bible teaches this, not only to God is it attractive, but to the world, humility is attractive. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. Haughtiness is unattractive, not just to God, but also to the world around us. And so I think it's a big key, having this balance. I'm going to ask just uh, one of the musos to come as we finish off. I just want to read a couple of scriptures here around cultivating a humble heart in marriage and partnership with establishing a dominion mindset. Everyone say dominion mindset. Everyone say humble heart. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Make room in your heart. Make room in your calendar for the interests, the goals, the aspirations, the dreams of other people. Make room in your heart and in your calendar to be someone who can minister encouragement and words of life into people's doubts and fears and setbacks and disappointments. Because I honestly believe and I know from what I've seen God do. When you do that, God will reward you with everything that you're pursuing. Can I say this? I think sometimes God keeps the door locked on certain things. I know for myself, there's been seasons when I've rallied my dominion mindset. And I've spoken to doors. Be open in Jesus' name. And it opens. And then I go, yeah, Jesus. And then I go to the next door to go to the next door. Be open in Jesus' name. Cool. And then I get to the next door. My chest is a little bit more puffed up. I'm a door-opening guy. Starting to think it's all about me. Forgetting that it's not all about me. And then I go, third door in Jesus' name. Open. Third door in jesus name open <sniffs> hey what's going on here <sniffs> hey <sniffs> uh, uh, uh. open what's going on and then you start to do this you're stuck at this level you going to break through I've got a dominion mindset. I've been praying and believing. I've got that prophetic word. I've got the promises of God. You're like a lion in the cage. Going, get me out of here. Get me out of this level. I need a breakthrough. What do I need to do? Look to God. God, what do I need to do? Do you know what he'll say? if this relates to you. You say, humble yourself before your Lord. Just humble yourself. Just let go of all the striving. and Just humble yourself. Get down on your knee. Presence of the Lord, whatever you need to do. And talk to God. And He'll say, you know what? When was the last time You prayed for someone else's dream. When was the last time you decided to catch up with someone and make majority of the time about just asking about them and their world and through the power of God, looking for moments of doubt or fear where they just needed you to be like that extension of Jesus' arm and just to speak words of life and encouragement and pray for them. That's the why. Why are you called to breakthrough? Because then you glorify God, but then other people see the breakthrough on you. And then like a magnet, they're drawn to the God on the inside of you that's helped to bring the breakthrough, the God of breakthrough. And so God wants you to then have an opportunity through that influence, through that example of breakthrough, to minister God's truth to those people. So you're bringing people with you and alongside you as you continue to take dominion. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. Lord, we acknowledge today your character, your heart, who you are, God, as a friend to us, as our Savior, as our amazing Master Shepherd, as our leader, God, we first of all just acknowledge how humble you are. but yet you're the creator of the universe. And everything that we see and everything that we don't see is your domain, God. You are the king of dominion. You're such a go-getter, God. You're such a dreamer. You're a creator. You're a goal-setting, goal-going, planning, strategy, God, God an amazing wise God who will always encourage us to pursue your promises, Jesus. So God, we acknowledge, first of all, you are the perfect example of someone who has a dominion mindset. Thank you, Lord, for being that example. But God, we also want to recognize that you're the perfect example of that balance, that you're such a humble God that you are willing to send your only begotten son to this broken world where he left that place sitting next to you in all glory, in all peace, in all ruling and reigning. He left that place and entered himself into a baby's body and then walked this earth to understand what it was like as a human to walk in a broken world. And then he took himself on the cross and allowed and positioned himself to be broken and bruised and battered and then finally killed, to be separated because he took the sin of the world on himself, to be separated from your glory, from your presence, from communion and fellowship with you, Father. He humbled himself in obedience to your instruction to lay down his own life so that the world could be reconciled to heaven. Father, I pray right now that the one thing that you would do as we just finish this service, this meeting, is you would lay a fresh desire in all of our hearts, God, to want to spend time and build relationship with you The God who's a perfect example of the dominion mindset, but also so humble. And Lord, when we spend time with you, God, you rub off on us. You help us to align. You help us to become more Christ-like. When we spend time in your word, when we spend time in your presence, Lord, we become transformed day by day. So then, we can go out into the world and we can reflect you, Jesus. We can reflect the light into the darkness. We can be people of breakthrough, but yet with humble hearts to attract the lost into conversation, into opportune times, to speak truth and love and to minister your spirit, God. So Lord, I thank you for that desire in our hearts to want to spend time with you, to pursue you, to chase after you, to knock on that amazing ultimate door, and that's the door of relationship with you, and to continue, even though we're saved or we're growing in the things of God, to keep knocking and keep seeking and keep pursuing time with you, Jesus. Hear the Lord saying this. He's just ministering. He's just ministering. He's just ministering to hearts this morning. Kind of like I just see like a like a spine that sometimes gets out of alignment. He's just spiritually, he's just realigning our hearts, our minds, our focus, our priorities. Just realigning right now, just in this moment. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. We honor you here today, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. This is going to be an amazing year. Lord, when we partner with you. Lord, we declare over 2017, Lord, let it be a year of brand new doors, of promotion and provision. Lord, we declare let it be a brand new season of promotion and provision. We declare that over your people in your mighty, amazing name. And everyone said, amen. Let's just give God a clap offering here. Thank you, Lord. Awesome, God. Okay, who feels good? good. It feels like they had a bit of a spiritual moment with the physio or the chiro, a bit of realignment.